often people, especially when they're like content creators or whatever, will feel like everything they're doing is work, like it's output, it's content, even tweets, you know. I don't consider using Twitter or Instagram as content output, it's just me existing online and I really like it that way. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today we're going to be talking about the personal versus the professional side of ourselves and how we act online and on social media, about whether we think you should put on a professional front at all times or if we think that we need to be selective with parts of our personality that we portray because thinking about the fact that clients or potential employers might see whatever we post online, which is a very real thing that we have to keep in mind. We're going to talk about how we deal with this divide and how we handle that. And we've got some great advice from our listeners on this topic as well. First though, Femme, I feel like you might have some news to share. Oh, maybe. I suppose, (laughs) I suppose I should share for those listening that haven't heard the news yet. I got a new job and I'm going to be working at Uber here in Amsterdam as a designer, which is so exciting. Oh, it's, it's very exciting to share this news finally publicly. I'm very, very much so looking forward to joining the team. And I am so proud of you for this. It's just, it's been amazing Stop. watching you grow over the past few years. And I think this new job is very well deserved. But what I'm really excited about though, actually, if this isn't too selfish to say, is that now we can make some episodes with a whole lot of jobs related topics. Yeah, me too. I feel like I have learned a lot over the past couple of months about interviewing and hiring and you know preparing your portfolio for a job. So yes, I feel like I've got lots in my brain that I need to get out and share that will hopefully help people that are listening to if, if they're looking for a job. So yes, very exciting news. I'm starting there in August. So it's very, very soon. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And I mean, I know I've been... Uh, with you behind the scenes throughout this hiring process, hearing along the way and hearing the decisions you made about, you know, why you're choosing to work where. So yeah, this is going to be fun to talk about. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to it. But what are, what about you? How are you? I think when this episode comes out, you and I are actually going to be together in Florence. Oh, cool. Which is kind of cool to think about. I'm so looking forward to that trip. <laughs> the way I said it just then made it sound like I didn't know we were going. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. I am looking forward to that. It's going to be great to spend some time together before you start your new job. And yeah, just getting some work done in a different country should be good. Life for me has been busy as per usual. I've been coming along leaps and bounds with my coding, which is really exciting. This week I created a template with like a bunch of different custom fields and options in WordPress where you can do things like select with a radio button and it'll change the color on the front end of the page. So that is a very nerdy very small cool. win for me this week. <laughs> I saw that you recently put out a video showing how you coded, I think, was it yeah. the ConvertKit conference page or something? Yeah, it was. It was a conference site. I just went through, because I often do design show-and-tell videos, so I thought, why not do a code show-and-tell video where I basically went through 
how this project was structured and like some little coding tricky bits that I had to encounter throughout it. And people seem to really like me talking about that. So I'm really glad that I can make more nerdy videos like that and know that people will enjoy them. <laughs> well, it's it's useful. It's valuable. I I think it's cool to be able to see what someone else has done and how they've done it is really helpful. I, I don't often find those videos online in relation to people showing like the code behind the scenes of their project. So I'm sure people found a lot of value in you sharing that. I hope so anyway. Yeah. And it seems like people want to hear more. So I think I'm perhaps going to make one about this little landing page that I did. (laughs) Cool. I've also been meaning to ask you for a while, but I keep forgetting, is how your driving lessons are going because you started learning to drive like what, a month ago or so? More than that now, I think. But yeah, lessons are going. I'm not an incredibly fast learner when it comes to (laughs) physical things is what I've been realizing. Like I'm a fast learner with mental stuff or like, you know, learning theories or figuring out code or whatever. I can really get my head into it and get going. But when it involves hand-eye coordination of like changing the gear and bringing the clutch up at the right speed, that I'm not so good at. (laughs) So you still got a few more lessons to go then before Uh, you're going to do the test? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But fingers crossed I'll have my license before the end of the year. I'll keep you updated. Oh, cool. Cool. Good luck. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Should we move into today's topic? Yes, let's. Enough talk of my driving. So this divide between the personal and professional, is this something that you feel that you have to be careful with what you put out on social media in case a potential employer or client might see it? Do you find yourself, I want to say censoring, but perhaps it's not that dramatic, just choosing which parts um, of your personality to portray in an effort to be put on this more professional front and, I don't know, be seen as more professional? Is this something that you experience? It's something that I'm definitely conscious of, I think. So I don't know. I, I usually, the most things that I kind of will filter or that I find myself filtering and not end up putting online is, I guess, um, really emotional or personal things. You know, if I'm having like a really bad yeah. day or really upset about something or really angry about something, uh, for me at least, like one of my coping mechanisms, you know, whether this is a good or a bad way to cope with it is to sort of just talk about it and, and get it out. And, you know, I've got wonderful friends close by in real life that I can talk to about it. Sometimes I find myself like opening Twitter and wanting to start ranting or venting or, or express how I'm feeling. And, and, you know, at that time it's not very positive. And I definitely always stop myself and, and think, not like, oh, what are the long-term effects of if I post this going to be? But I definitely consider how how other people might interpret that. And because, I mean, whatever you post online can stay up there for God knows how long. You yeah. know, like we can't control how long it's – I mean, we can delete it afterwards, but is it really deleted? You don't really yeah, know. Yeah, likely not. <laughs> and people might stumble on it in, I don't know, years' time. And so – I'm always a little bit conscious of that. And so I, I usually end up stopping myself and trying to be reasonable and thinking, I don't really need to post this. Like, this is not adding value to, for anybody's life. This is just me needing a place to to rant or vent or express my feelings. And there's other ways for me to do that, like talking to somebody personally in real life or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely conscious when it comes to that kind of stuff and making sure that I, you know, am, am – I want to say the word mature, but I guess like am responsible about what I'm putting online. This makes sense. And you know what? I 
there's so many tweets that I write and then delete or like save as drafts. Like if you look at my drafts, it's all things that I decided, hmm, maybe it's best if I don't say that. <laughs> or like, does this really need to be tweeted? <laughs> yeah, I definitely do that too. And I'll like write it and then just like sit on it for a little while and think about it. And then, yeah, usually end up deleting it or, or yeah, saving it as a draft, but then it never ever gets published. And I mean... I guess, like, why do you do that, do you think? Like, is it conscious for you that are you purposefully trying to only portray this certain professional self of you online or is it that you don't want to bother people with your feelings or, like, what's kind of the reason there as to why you, I guess, curate your output on social media? Well, I guess I'm always thinking about, like, the impression that it gives to other people. That is always quite front of mind whenever I'm, you know, posting a video or whatever, like what impression is, is this going to give someone else of me? And I always want people to think of me as someone who is mostly quite positive and motivated and, you know, uh, working hard, interested in, in design things, interested in social issues and just generally trying to be a good person, you know? And so everything that I think I want to like, my question posting is because I'm like, uh, if someone only saw this tweet from me or whatever, would this give the best like introduction to me or the best impression of me? And yeah, I guess that's what I think about. There has been times when I do like get more vulnerable on, on social media. Like recently we've been talking in our many feelings episodes because I've been having some feelings lately <laughs> about being overwhelmed or just, I don't know, feeling like I'm not good enough or not interesting enough. And I have tweeted about those things like in a moment of weakness, you could say, but the response to them, I don't regret it at all. You know, like people liked hearing that side mm -hmm. of, of me and liked getting to know what was really going on and like, oh good, you feel this way too and you're such a positive person. I thought I was the only one, you know? And so I'm glad that I opened up and, and felt okay to do that. And I think the only reason though I felt okay to do that was because of the like life situation where I'm in, where I'm, I've got a really good job where I know that the people there really care about me and like I'd talk to them about feeling overwhelmed as well and so I wasn't like worried about my employer seeing it or whatever. Whereas perhaps if this was a year ago when I was in a different job and, and like would have felt awkward if anyone had brought it up to me that they'd seen that tweet, you know, because right. I just, I don't know, wasn't as, as close to the the whole team there. That would have been a different story. And I don't think that I would have said it. Whereas at ConvertKit, if anyone on the team had come up to me afterwards, well, come up to me via Slack because we're remote, <laughs> but I'm being like, hey, I saw you tweet this, are you doing okay? I would have been totally fine to talk about it with them. So I think that it's probably a good rule of thumb to not really post anything on social media that you don't want anyone in your life seeing, you know? If you'd be embarrassed if your workmate saw it or whatever, probably not a good idea to post it. Yeah, I think that's sort of the general rule of thumb that I take as well like because my workmates follow me on Twitter and so I definitely have that thought of oh would I be okay if my workmates or if my man you know my manager follows me on Twitter yes like would I be okay if he saw this and and brought it up with me so there's definitely that um 
not barrier, but yeah, I guess rule of thumb when it comes to publishing something. I like what you were talking about earlier, which was sort of about vulnerability and being mm-hmm. vulnerable online and sharing honest thoughts about what's going on in your life. And it, it doesn't necessarily always need to be negative stuff. That yeah, might true. be positive personal things going on as well. Like, I don't know, you starting to learn driving lessons or something like that's obviously not related to design and this kind of self that you that you put online but it's still something personal and I really like that when I see other people do that when they sort of mix their professional design self or or developer self you know whatever whoever you are and also bring in some personal more sort of vulnerable stuff because to me that helps me see you as like a real person like oh Charlie she's this real person and she's going through these real things and I can relate to that and I can connect with that I follow quite a few Instagram accounts of designers and studios and I have actually I, I know that their work is incredible, but I have no idea who they actually are. I, I don't even yes. know what they look like. They don't have a photo of themselves as their avatar. It's all very like sort of studio self-branded, which, you know, their work is amazing, but I don't feel like I can really develop any kind of connection or relationship with that person. I just feel like a consumer of their work, if that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And this is something that, I often not not struggle with but I guess struggle with when I want to follow someone else is I'm not interested in just following work yeah like I want to get to know people and I want to be inspired by people not just you know the pixels that they make because I think that everything about ourselves has an impact on our work like the decisions we make obviously we're going by the brief or whatever but we're inspired by our life and the things in it and so I want to know about those things and I want to know, you know, what goes on and, and what your inspirations are and yeah, get to know that more personal side of people. And so I, I struggle when the, between this personal professional divide swings too far in the professional direction. I would much rather get people get way too personal than get way too professional because I mean, I'm just going to be harsh and say it, but I think that's bloody boring, <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> yeah when you just. And when it's all like tweets with hashtags or, you know, it's all just links to work and you never see Mm -hmm. a like, lol, just ate a sandwich type of tweet. Like, obviously, that's pretty shit content, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's human. Yeah. Just being yourself online. I think often people, especially when they're like content creators or whatever, will feel like everything they're doing is work, like it's output, it's content even tweets, you know, I don't consider using Twitter or Instagram as content output. It's just me existing online. And I really like it that way. And like I was saying before, I'm in a position where I don't have to worry that, oh, no, I have to maintain this professional front at all times. Otherwise, I'm not going to get a job. And I'm very, very lucky to be in that situation. But also, I don't think I'd ever really want to work somewhere where I couldn't be myself, you know? Mm. And again, I'm aware I have a privilege that I'm, you know, experienced enough and further into my career that I can make those kind of choices. But yeah, that that's that's my reason for probably swaying too far to the personal side of that personal professional a lot of the time because I do find it kind of boring when people aren't human. Yeah, I have a bit of experience being in both and we talked about Ooh, okay. this in 
episode 53 about marketing yourself as an individual or a studio. And Mm. it was around that time where I was talking about closing down the apartment, which was my studio that I was running. And Spoiler alert, (laughs) you just said was, so... (laughs) Uh, and that I, you know, I had an, its own Twitter account and its own Instagram account, and so I was trying to like build a brand there. And at the time, I was really focused on like follow account. Like I really wanted people to see it and people to follow it and consume it, I guess. And then I made the decision to sort of go on my own and focus more on me, Femke, and my own personal Twitter and Instagram account and merging my my work and my my professional and personal stuff together and since making that conscious choice I mean I I think the biggest thing that I have learned is that to me relationships are so much more important than follow account and if you are when I only had that sort of professional account where I just was a studio and there wasn't really much personality in there and I only talked and posted about work, I wasn't developing relationships with anyone. I don't remember a single person that I talked to or really had a conversation with. Like, yeah, people were liking my photos, but there was no conversation ever happening. And since focusing on my personal social media accounts I've developed so many relationships with people through being able to publish both my work and my personal stuff because it it shows me as a human and people like not only my work but they also like me like the person behind the work and the things that I stand for and the things that I believe in and when you kind of merge those into one I think you become a very interesting person and it's much more easier to form a relationship with a person than with a brand. I agree and you know what I used to think that clients would only want to hire like a studio or whatever and perhaps um, I mean I'm sure there are lots of types of clients who do only want to hire like a studio type thing because it feels like it's bigger or whatever but more and more I am actually being the one to hire people for certain jobs these days and there's a lot of other people like me who are hiring freelancers Mm -hmm. and when I make my choice there I don't just go by their work I want to know what kind of person they are and you know if if there's someone who like we do talks a lot about productivity and that sort of thing I'm like cool this person's probably going to be good to work with they seem like they've got their head screwed on straight you know and that really does come into making my choices and more and more I try to hire from people within my network too you know like if I need an illustrator for something I'm not gonna just type it into Google instead I'm gonna go to my network first and see who I know yeah who I follow on Twitter that might be an illustrator because obviously if I like their work and I'm liking who they are as a person then I want to support them and be the one to give them that work yeah I think for me the other benefit about merging sort of I guess merging the professional and the personal into one you know person online is that you can sort of build this reputation of yourself and carry that with you through throughout your life like for example if you have an Instagram account dedicated solely to I don't know your hand lettering or something like that what's going to happen in future if and when you decide that suddenly you want to do something completely different are those people going to keep following you are you going to post that content on your hand lettering account like I don't I don't know what would happen there and so for me I guess I kind of like the safety net or I have 
I take comfort in knowing that I'm building everything under my own quote unquote personal brand and that's going to carry through and follow me as I go. And so no effort is going to be wasted or left behind. Yeah, that makes total sense. I think more and more people are interested if they get interested in you as a person then they get interested in all of the projects that you're doing or maybe they'll be more interested in some than others but that's okay and yeah like you said it it can follow you it's like your reputation I guess yeah and I know there's a lot of talk at the moment about like niching down and people are going to put you in a box and you should curate what you put online and I do agree with those things to an extent but I think there's also value in curating what you share but also being human and showing the human and and the real side of you I don't know for me personally I find that much more interesting I'd rather follow someone on Instagram who has a mixture of their hand lettering work and also throws in some personal stuff and actually the person who who springs to mind that's really good at this is Eric F. Dot. He has a perfect combination of lettering stuff while also you get to see Mm -hmm. him and follow him behind the scenes and he does skateboarding videos and stuff and that really shows Eric as a person and then you also get to see his work and to me that's much more interesting is being able to learn or see the creator as well as the actual creative work rather than just solely seeing the creative work and not really being able to form a connection with the creator behind it. I have another example here as well as our friend Brent. Recently Mm -hmm. he made a video talking about why he got into design. So previously your videos have been super useful, like great tutorials and like interesting information. But I really, really loved this video because he let his personality shine through. He was talking about how he got into design because of skateboarding. And in the video, he like set up a new skateboard and he went went to the skate park. And I just thought that was really cool to, to yeah. see that side of him. And I wish more people would do that kind of thing. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of pressure at the moment to separate the professional and the personal. And when we think of the professional, everyone thinks of, you know, I don't know, for some reason, people don't show themselves. It's just solely focused 100% on the work. And I don't know, I find that a bit of a missed opportunity to let your personality shine because, I mean, everybody's mum has said this to them once before, like, you're unique and you're special, which is totally true. (laughs) And so why not? bring that on and and bring that as a part of your brand. You know, I I think that's really interesting. And that's what attracts me to certain creatives is not just their work, but also who they are. Totally. I want to bring in a message from one of our listeners here because I think it fits really well. I'm going to guess that their name is pronounced Jonej. That's that's my guess. So please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, They say, I don't think they should be divided. My personality shows itself in my work and I don't mind sharing other stuff with the world. I think for future and present employers and clients, they should get to know me. And also I am not two different people. When I share personal stuff, maybe being a bit more quirky, that doesn't mean I'm not behaving professionally when dealing with them. And this is, this is so true. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I I haven't really hired many people before, but I've worked with people. And when choosing somebody to work with, you consider more than just the work, right? You consider who the person is. Totally. Like, are they are they good to work with? What uh, you know, are they efficient? What what do they like to do in their spare time? Like, what kind of person are they? You kind of consider both of those, not just whether the work is good, right? So, 
you know, I think that's I think that's valuable too to show your quirky side or show a little bit of your personality because that's going to be something that's going to be considered as well when it comes to people choosing whether they want to work with you. Definitely. Carlos Well says, I don't mind intertwining them because I'm really not two versions of myself. I believe part of my professional value is who I am as a person. So I think that she just summed it up really well just there. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's true, right? Like we're not two people. We are one person. Yeah. So I used to have two different Twitter accounts. I just thought I should mention that. Oh, go on. But when I first started, so this was in like, oh, I want to say like 2007 is when I first got Twitter. And I was, uh, how old would I have been there? My mind can't do maths right like now. Like 12, right? I think it was, what? 2007? <laughs> I'm just trying to make you sound oh, younger you than I you am? are. <laughs> oh, geez. No, I think I must have been like 18 or 19 when I first got Twitter. Uh-huh. So I was an emo teenager. You know how you do. And I would just fangirl out over bands. And yeah, there was definitely nothing professional about that account at all. Then when I was in university... Um, like later on and people at university were starting to get into Twitter, which I thought was just like this thing that, that my little music scene was doing. Uh, I made a new account because I didn't want my uni like classmates to follow the other one <laughs> and like see all my fangirling and, you know, just posting lyrics all the time. And yeah, so I started this new professional quote unquote account. And over time, I just became more and more myself on that professional one and stopped posting on the other one and sort of like left that teenage years account behind me almost. Well, teens, early 20s. Maybe it was a uh, coming of age thing. Like you know? I think it was, you know, and now I just use my professional account. But if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that it's not all that professional. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I I needed to have that change, I guess, and and feel okay to be myself. So perhaps it's fine if you do want to separate things to start with, but I would encourage people to work towards just being one person because it's exhausting to think of two things to update. That's just far too much work. Yeah, Nicolans, I think is his name, also sort of agreed with us by saying, I tweet everything from one account, but I do keep in mind that other people see my social media and will probably you know, judge me from it. So it'd be hard to work with someone who had different beliefs or a different mindset. So I do tweet what I want, but I make sure that I stay away from jokes or things that may be considered offensive which I think is a is a smart thing to do. I I agree that, and I think that's kind of what I was saying earlier about when you're choosing to work with someone is that you consider more than just their output or their creative work. And you really want to make sure that you're working with someone who, I guess, has a similar mindset or similar beliefs and someone that you think you can work with really well. So I can understand from his perspective how it's a benefit to him to merge those two together into into one account yeah I totally do this too that I am not you see people who don't want to talk about politics or whatever because it's controversial I'm all about politics and I will talk about who I support (laughs) till the cows come home that's the saying right and I'm happy to talk about issues that I feel are important and to talk about feminism and if anyone is put off by that cool don't want to work with them anyway because that's just my beliefs, and I think these things are important. And if you don't think they're important enough so that it would put you off working with me, we're probably not on the same page and probably not going to get along. That's probably a very strong stance and maybe a little bit too strong, but 
yeah no you've got such a thick skin like I wish I could borrow some of it because I mean I I do sort of consciously stay away from political talk and things like that why do you think that is uh I guess I'm just afraid people might judge me for it like I'm just afraid that people will maybe disagree and unfollow me and that's I know that that's really stupid for me to think and really irrational and I probably just need to get over that because I like what I respect about you is that you use your voice for good like you talk about who you're going to vote for and stuff like that and help spread positive messages and I guess I'm I'm not and I feel bad I suppose I feel bad that I'm not using my voice to do that so I think I just need to get over that and and be more comfortable with using my voice. I can totally see like how you think that way and why that's an issue and I'm sure it is for a lot of people as well. I don't think you should feel pressure that you have to talk about politics and all this but I do think that if you care about something and you have a message to share then then why not and I figure that if people are going to be offended by it or not want to at least have a discussion or be open-minded, then it's okay if they don't follow me. Like, I'm okay with that happening. I'm not saying that everyone mm-hmm. who follows me has to agree with everything that I say. But, yeah, that's that's just the way I think is that if people are open-minded and willing to hear my beliefs, then that's a good thing. But I don't think that everyone should feel the pressure to do that. So, yeah, don't fe- don't feel like you have to is what I'm saying. Oh, thanks for your permission. (laughs) We actually had quite a few people in the community who do have their accounts separate. So they have a professional account and a personal account for either Twitter or Instagram. And I just want to share some of the, you know, some of the highlights of what people were saying as to why they do that. So Anna says that the trouble for her starts when aspects of my personal life filter onto my illustration profile and then I get family members who found my illustration work and they start commenting on it and she said I've got nothing against my family being supportive actually I'm really thankful for it Uh, but sometimes they write personal comments on my illustration work on my professional profile which really makes me cringe. Yeah I can see this is so funny because it's kind of like the opposite of the problems that we've been talking about have mostly been like letting personal yeah, your own personal stuff affect the professional. Mm. But this is sort of like... The other way. Yeah, when... Yeah, it, it's a different way around where it's the relationships and the personal life affecting the professional. Yeah, I I don't know if I have any advice for how she could... I, I, don't, I don't think she wants her family to stop commenting on her work because, you know, it's nice and supportive and she's obviously grateful for that. But uh, yeah, if, you're, if your mum is commenting things like, oh, why did you make it yellow well I don't know sort of like trying to give constructive critique on your Instagram posts and yeah that might that might not be the the best thing I could see how I see this a lot when people are like wanting to start a YouTube channel this is what they mostly talk to me about anyway and they're like but what if my workmates see it right and they're worried about this like side thing they're doing being seen by other aspects of their life and I just think like you have to be okay with it like if you want to do a thing be proud of it And I know it's hard to have that confidence, but get a few videos or blog posts or whatever it is that you're afraid of sharing under your belt and just own it. That's really all you can do. You don't Mm want to, it's exhausting to try and keep things separate and trying to like make sure your workmates don't see your videos or whatever. So just own it and be proud of it, I would say. Jill has, uh, is talking about the like things on the internet being there forever, like we were mentioning before. She said that 
I'm cautious because when I put things online, I'm aware that once it's out there, it's there forever and you can't control who sees it or what kind of reaction they'll have. Even the things you intend to be private or exclusive aren't guaranteed to stay that way, which is a very good point we need to remember. I used to have separate social media accounts, but I'm now trying to build up a business brand with myself and my values at the center of it. So I have to pick and choose what fits and what should remain offline. Mm. So first of all, I like that she's building her business brand around her personal values. I think that that will really help and be a good mix of the two. Yeah, there is still that thought. We have to be sensible and realize that perhaps not everything needs to be said online. Nancy says that she has two social media accounts, both for Twitter and Instagram. She says, for Twitter, I don't think clients really care about my feelings on Game of Thrones or whether or not I've run out of toilet paper. Uh, And so the other account focuses on design. For Instagram, my personal account is not curated at all. And so my second account is all about design. But having two of each does make it a lot harder to keep up, which I definitely understand. I've also been in that situation when I was trying to manage both personal and professional accounts that it's really, really difficult to keep up and try and manage two accounts for for yourself can be a lot of work. I would like to challenge this a bit though and say, why wouldn't clients be interested in hearing what you think about Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. Perhaps they wouldn't be interested in whether or not you've run out of toilet paper, but I mean... Would anyone be interested in that? This is one of those things that I feel like I would type out on Twitter and then be like, eh, I don't need to say this. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, question what you're putting out there and, and see if perhaps there is some mix you can make. I mean, you know, if you wanted to join them, that is, because not everyone might want to. Todd said that he can't post his design work on my personal account because it feels too much like validation seeking, which makes me cringe. Funnily, though, the odd design things that I have posted on my personal account have had a good response. Go figure. I have to say, Todd, that this does not surprise me, actually, that you've gotten a good response from posting design-related things on your personal account. I don't think that it's validation-seeking at all to want to share your work. If you're proud of something, Mm -hmm. then why not talk about it? That's Mm -hmm. my attitude towards it anyway. I agree. I think that your work should be celebrated. And I, you know, like you said, if you're proud of it, then there's nothing wrong with sharing that. I think that people will probably admire that and be proud of you. So I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. Debbie says, I think everyone has their style or voice and you can use logic on how far you can mix your professional and personal life. Personally, I work best with my defined limits. So I prefer separate accounts. But she said, like with Nancy, it's hard to keep up and she's still working on that. So that's interesting that some people might prefer... There's the separation. I think what it comes down to for me is that I use Twitter as like a stream of consciousness. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I have to post something on Twitter. Right. You're not like you curating know? it really. Yeah. Or not like I don't have a content schedule or whatever for any of my social media apart from YouTube, really, which I don't even think I would consider social media. It's it's more like a, a content platform. Mm-hmm. I just post whenever I'm thinking about it. And that's my attitude towards it. So I guess that's what helps it feel more personal as well, is that it's not planned. Yeah, I mean, it shows a bit of humanness, right? Like you could be tweeting at any time. And I very, very rarely follow accounts that you can clearly tell it's been like everything's been scheduled and all they're talking about is only this one thing. And like you were saying earlier in this episode, there's all the hashtags and it's all you know, hashtag content stuff. And I I just very rarely follow those because I don't find it 
interesting at all. I would much rather be interested in following someone who shares interesting content and also shares interesting things about themselves. I think this seems like a good place to wrap up, right? Like this is our final words of advice that we think you shouldn't be afraid to share yourself as part of your work. And obviously you can be selective with exactly how much of yourself you show. Uh, We all do that. We all have our limits of of what's going to get posted online or not. But I think that if you're afraid of mixing this personal and professional, you shouldn't be. And I think it could really actually help your professional side of things to bring more personality to it. I agree. I think that's, that's great advice. I don't have much more to add. Cool. So... People want more stellar advice like that. Where can they go to hear more episodes? You can go to designlife.fm and you'll find all of our past episodes. And in each episode, we include some show notes and we also include some key takeaways of the episode as well as some timestamps. So you can quickly jump to certain parts of the episode that you are interested in. And I think we've mentioned it already in a past episode, but recently our site had a lovely redesign courtesy of Femme and a rebuild courtesy of Owen. Yes. And it's looking great. So if you haven't been there recently, you should go and check it out because it looks pretty it cool. It does look pretty cool. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Design Life FM. We're always open to feedback. If you have a particular topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, just let us know on Twitter and we'll consider it for a future episode. Sounds good. Good to chat, Fem. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.